bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the feds. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life. My name is John Stroop with my special guest, Ike Porter. Hey, thanks for having me on again, John. Thanks for coming. One Broken Life is a production of Freeway Ministries, and we hear the negative impact that drugs and crime make on our community with fatherless homes and, and institutions and prisons full of people. But what we don't hear about is the positive impact that one radically changed drug addict makes when Jesus gets a hold of them. Yeah. And so that's that's what we're doing today. We're going to explore your broken life. Um, this is part two. So if you did not hear part one, you need to go back and listen to Ike's story because it is an out-of-the-park knock, I mean, home run, uh, phenomenal story. And uh, and so we're going to we're gonna explore part two of your right. story, Ike. And it's, it's going to be exciting. Uh, two of the verses that we really kind of cling to is uh, Psalms 51, 17. Uh, the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. And then uh, Psalm, uh, Philippians 1, 12, Paul says, the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And uh, Paul speaks about his past, the things, mm -hmm. and his situation and being in prison and how those dark times and those hard times in his life have actually turned out to make the Word of God go places it would have never gone before. Yeah. And what a relevant verse mm -hmm. for, for your story. And uh, so, Ike, we kind of covered where you came from. You know, your past, you're a military vet. Uh, I can't say thank you enough for that, serving our country, active combat. And um, and so you from your from your uh, your your past, you come, you, you know, you was on drugs. You came out of the army, the military and then you fell into drug addiction, uh, lost your family, lost everything, got saved mm -hmm. in a in a in a. Uh, uh, treatment program, yeah. a secular treatment program, yeah. a military VA program, mm -hmm. and then um, and so then you, you get discipled. You're serving at the Rib Crib. <laughs> By the way, uh, shameless plug to the Rib Crib. Yeah. But uh, we, you know, I used to hear about the Rib Crib revival. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. It was awesome, man. It, people getting saved in that yeah. place, man. Yep. And um, and so you enroll in Bible College, and that's yeah. where I met you. Yeah. Was it BBC Baptist Bible College? And um, and so today, who are you today? Okay, well, uh, man, there's so much, but I know we only got a little bit of time, but I'm excited to share this because I, I, I really want to help somebody who's listening in today. Even though your life has, you, you had this horrible past and, and stuff, can I tell you today that God 
uh, takes the, the broken things, the ashes, and he turns them into beauty. And, and that's exactly the, the, what God had done in my life. He took the broken things and he began to restore those deals, uh, those things in my life. And uh, so the ministry now, I, I've, I've been now with uh, First Baptist Ash Grove for almost going on five years. And uh, so we've had the freeway for four and a half years. This year will be five years that uh, we since we kicked off the freeway ministries out in Ash Grove. Um, man, the, the Lord uh, gave us some land. Well, we purchased it, and then we um, it had a couple older um, buildings on it, which we started out with our men's house out there. And, uh, you know, at one time we had about nine men living out there for going through the one-year program that we have. And uh, I don't know, uh, about a year and a half ago, we started praying and what we were going to do because it just kept growing, and we were you know, having to turn away men and uh, so we recognized that we needed to build a house out there. And so the church got together and uh, began to give for it. And we prayed about it. And we went out there and, you know, we did most of the labor all by ourselves. And we built a, a four-bedroom four place out there. You That's know, we nice, can, too. Yeah, Jack. man. And uh, it's just been cool to watch God work at that. And to be the associate pastor at First Baptist Church, the people out there are amazing. Um, man, my pastor out there just has a passion for uh, people who are uh, – are counted out i mean you know lost and broken and and so to work for a guy like that is every day i don't look at it as a work i mean i look at it as i get to go in and, and do what i love and and i mean it's it's a whole other whole other world and, and he's got a recovery testimony yes he does you and, know and stuff um but to kind of lead back to that uh after i graduated college uh so my junior year, I had a guy named Dr. Gleason, who was my uh, hermeneutics teacher. And uh, Dr. Gleason uh, found out that I went and applied for a, a church out in Marshfield. They were looking for a part-time youth pastor. And I, so I was doing this thing called peer advising at school. And I was helping students who dropped below the, uh, their grade point average to lose their scholarships. And so I was helping teach them and stuff. And he's like, so I'm telling him about this person that, that I'm advising and, and, and telling him about this opportunity. And he says, you're looking for a job? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not just going to college to just waste my time, you know, just joking around with him. And he says, well, can my pastor call you? And I was like, okay. You know, so his pastor had called me. In fact, I was leaving school and I didn't get down the road. And, and then Pastor Mark calls me from uh, Baptist Temple and we met. And the next thing I know, I'm hired on full time. Before wow. I even graduated college, and here I am, got hired on as a youth minister there, and and I was going to be teaching in their Christian schools of Springfield, and uh, man, it was awesome. So I did youth ministry for five years, and youth ministry, if you if you if you can do youth ministry, I promise you, you can go and do any kind of ministry in the world because youth are challenging, youth got crazy ideas, but through all that, God opened the door, man. He allowed me to uh, to direct a, a camp. Uh, for four years, uh, he allowed me to work in this Christian school where, man, I got to just minister the Bible to these kids and invest in these kids. Let me take them on trips to Washington, D.C. and walk them around and show them that God's in, in everything. And, and uh, it was just an amazing four or five years. And, of course, my wife, we were growing in the ministry together. We had three kids since then. And um, <clears throat> But it came down to the end of that five years, and I knew the Lord had something more for me that he wanted me to do. And, of course, we had had conversations and stuff, and I, I just remember you introducing me to Pastor Baker and him wanting to start the freeway. And, of course, I'd been in and out of freeway because I loved, loved what you guys were doing, and we would do missions with you guys and with the teenagers. And so 
uh, there, there it was. You introduced me to Pastor Baker, and then the next thing I know, we're starting a freeway up together out in Ash Grove. And um, to tell you, like, sometimes I wanted to come and, and, you know, put you in a headlock. Like, what did you get me into? You know, the late nights, the locking yourself in the closet and screaming to God, ah, oh, what am I going to do here? And, and all that stuff. Drug but, addicts are a lot harder than youth. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, you think you know ministry till you start a, a recovery ministry, but I've learned a lot of great things, and and those trials got grew me in, and there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of heartbreak, you know, to to bury one of the guys that you ministered to for a year, and you saw just such great things, and to have to, you know, get the call and go tell his family that he's passed away, and you know, do the funeral and all that stuff. That was a that was a great. That was a huge thing in my life at that time, and it, it really put me in a dark place of just, I, I was hurt. You were wearing it. Yeah, I wore it and stuff, but even through all that, you know, with time, I was able to move through it, and the great the great thing about that is his wife, um, even though he's passed away, she's still involved with us, his kids. I get to love on them every Sunday and Wednesday at church. They come up and give me a big hug. And, Amen. and uh, it, it's just cool that, that we're still here and we can still minister to each other. And they've been through a lot, but they've still grown in the Lord. So it's been awesome to watch them grow too. Awesome. And so uh, today you are the director of a freeway. Yes. Uh, you are associate pastor of a church. Yes. So you, uh, you, you oversee a men's home. Yes. So what's it like overseeing those men? Well, every every everyone's different, but just to be able to oversee them, I, I, I look at it as a gift. Um, man, it's hard not to tell, say this because I'm sure they're going to listen to this. But they're 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 your kids, right? They're there. I mean, they're they're my family. They're I'm I don't mean that in a weird. I'm like dad to them because they're my responsibility to watch over them and to encourage them to help them on. You know, I want to see them clean up their life. I want to see them do great things for the Lord. I want to see them be successful again. I want to see them have their kids back in their life. You know what I'm saying? I, I want them to experience all the things that God allowed me to experience and stuff. So when they get there, I think a lot of them don't understand what they're getting. You know, from from me, but. Um, so I, I test them a little bit, but once once they, I realize that they're there for the right reason, they're doing it, I, I mean, I'm all in with them. And in fact, uh, here in three weeks, we're going to go on a retreat. I'm t we've rented a, a VRBO out that sleeps 16 people, and me and my board of directors from Ash Grove, we're taking them for four days, and we're going to take them down to the lake. And we've a what got, now? Uh, yeah, a retreat. Uh, our what? Uh, uh, VRBO. What in the world is that? Well, it's something you rent. I don't know. It's a home on the lake. Oh, cool. That's what they call it. VRBO. So. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anyway, they it's got a man. We're taking our boats. Uh, man, we've got uh, for four days. We're gonna work work through different uh, scenarios of what they've learned here and just kind of refresh them on cleaning up their past. Uh, if they've got their, you know, we're gonna talk about, you know, if they got their emergency fund built up. Um, we're doing breakout sessions with them, but we're just going and loving on these guys. Most of them's not got to do anything fun in a long time, and so. Uh, it's going to be refreshing for all of us, but that's what we do. We just love on them and encourage them and help them walk through that and and show them the hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. It's for so long, you have all these enemies and all this stuff from addiction, but then you start realizing that these are real cheerleaders beside you. These are real men that sharpen iron. These are real people that will get in the trenches with you. 
These are real people that pray for you, that show up every Monday night, show up on the off nights whenever nobody else does, and they bring you food, and they sit beside you, and they learn your stories. They help you go to court and, you know, sometimes not end up in prison. They take you to the PO visits. They take, you know, there's a lot more than just saying, hey, I'm going to do this. Uh, You know, you're with them, you know. So. And it's, you know, uh, I tell them that you plant these bad seeds for so long. Yeah. And then they start popping up. Yeah. And so you get saved, you give your life to Jesus, but don't think that the the stuff you planted in that garden is come come popping up. Yeah. And so we gotta go through the garden, mm-hmm. we gotta pull it, them them bad seeds up, you know, yeah. we gotta deal with the probation, yeah. we gotta deal with the child support. Yep. We gotta deal with the driver's license issues. We gotta deal with the you know, the say top classes. Yeah. We gotta deal with <laughs> traveling, you know. Sometimes I've had people have to fly as far as, you know, uh, across the United States to take yeah. care of a warrant and yeah. go sit in jail for a week yeah. and then come back. That's you know? crazy. And, and so you don't realize what goes into mm-hmm. recovery ministry. Yeah. But yeah. it's rewarding, isn't it? Oh, man. You know, um, where all of our men work is a place called Vermilion, and uh, they build hardwood flooring there. And they, they hire all of our guys. We all carpool. We work at the same place. And it's amazing. Uh the, the lady who does all the hiring and is over the factory and everything, she came out the other day and this one uh, PO, PO stopped by just to do a visit while they're on the job to check on him. She goes, she said this, she goes, I told them, I, I told them, I, she goes, you're, you're looking at the wrong place. If they're in freeway ministries, they're the best guys we possibly got. You don't need to come check on the freeway boys. You need to be checking on the other guys that work here. <laughs> and I, she's like, I know they drug test them. They don't come here high. They show up to work. And, yeah. and, uh, so and if they don't, they got problems. Yeah, yeah that's right. And so hard job. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy job. No, it's not. But you know, all the guys after they get through for a week or two of working there it's like it's easy to them so it's a lot easier than looking out the dope house window so is yep you know and losing everything yeah uh just to jump in so there's another guy who graduated uh our program this is he graduated uh, this last year and he's living in our second stage house out there and um man is that roy yes (laughs) Okay, so if Roy's listening, it's Chrome Dome. I gave him a nickname. Oh. But anyway, Roy. Uh, but so Roy, when he first got there, he came from St. Louis, broken, did not know the Lord. And he's like, I don't know what to do. It was during COVID, and uh, he was freaked out. When I started talking to him, and I said, you know, when Moses went up on the mountain, I was discipling. He said, what mountain did he go up on? <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up spending three hours, our first discipleship lesson, walking him through creation all the way up to that was point. Was Oh, yeah. So uh, it was great, though, man. Um, but so now he's living for the Lord. Got, he got saved. He's been baptized, but he did not get to, his kids were not in his life. And I got a picture on my phone, but I don't have my phone with me. It's out there. Um, he sent me a picture, and this last weekend he got to go back home and spend uh, the weekend with his 14-year-old boy. Or I think he's he's 16s now. So uh, just did you drive mean, the van? Uh, his van? Yeah. You took the van away from him. Yeah. Then you take the keys and take the whole van. Oh yeah, for a year he did. His van was parked there and and stuff, but he submitted to it and left his keys and and did everything he was told to do. And he was one of the quiet guys. I was always worried, you know, is he really paying attention? Is it is he really getting this? Because he he was always so quiet about everything, and and he was the one that made it, you know. And now he's in our second stage house, goes to work every day. He's faithful at church, you know. He's getting his kids back in his life. He testified last night in our Bible study Monday night. 
and just testified of how that was. I mean, the guy couldn't even hardly get it out because he knew that it was all God that put his son back in his life. And uh, just to have that moment of telling his kid he loved him and, you know, cherishing that. And this is what's cool is, is I gave him permission to bring his son up. So his son's going to come stay a weekend with the men at the men's house. And we're going to, okay. yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I remember we had a Christmas dinner at my house one year, or maybe it was Thanksgiving. It was a dinner we had together. We had the nacho table. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And, the old uh, hot sauce. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and I said, I said, his real name's Rob. Isn't it Rob? Mm-hmm. And, but we call him Roy because everybody got his name yeah. wrong. And uh, I asked him if he'd promised me he wouldn't leave. Yeah. And the guy's so honest, he said, I can't promise that to yeah. you. I, was, I, rem- I, thought I remember went, that. I thought he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. He was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool stories. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll have guys in the program, and uh, and I'll we'll sit down and talk to them, and I'll say, hey, everything you're doing right now indicates you're not going to make it. And statistically, if you don't make it through the program, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And then I tell them, I said, I've been wrong before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not wrong a lot when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I hope I hope they do. And he was the one that did. Because yeah. yep. we both didn't think. Yeah. You know, there was red flags all over the place. Yeah. He had the van. He didn't have a license. He yeah. wanted to leave. Yeah. You know, he's. He, you know, but he ended up getting to give his life to Jesus, and yep. and now he's he made it a house leader. Man, yeah, yeah, he was house leader before he graduated for a little while. So, and that's the pastor of the home. Mm-hmm. So that's a f- awesome. So what what uh why don't you give us a week in your life? So before you were strung out, you know, uh, barricading yourself in the house, probably uh, running from the dope man, mm-hmm. uh, your boss trying to break in to find you. Uh, having flashbacks, thinking the enemy mm-hmm. was after you, you know, you you didn't even know what Monday was, no. you, you know, and so now y- you're a man of integrity, mm-hmm. a community leader, uh, you have a family now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tell us what is a week like. Tell us about your family. What's right. that like? Okay, well, that'd be I'll be I'll keep here all day, so I'll give you the short version of it. All right, I got uh, got four kids. My oldest is sixteen. And uh, he was the one that I lost whenever he was about five months old. And, uh, of course, I didn't get him back in my life till he was about 10 years old. But it was crazy how the Lord restored all that. And, I remember um, that. You know, I, I remember when he was he turned 13 for three years, he called me Ike. I didn't care he called me Ike. But I remember when he turned 13, uh, he told me that he loved me and he called me Dad. And I think it was on Father's Day weekend that he, he said that to me. And uh, that was one of the greatest things. And love him to death. And I only get him every other weekend. And of course now he's 16 and he's working. And so it's harder for me to see him all the time, but I text him every day and I love him to death. So then I got three other kids. I got one that's uh 10. That's Lily. She's, she's hardcore. She's a little athlete and Hudson. He's uh set, he's six. Well, no, he's seven now. And then Ivy's five and, um, my wife, Holly, wonderful family. They, they're my biggest supporters. And, you know, uh, a week for us is, man, we're involved in ministry. I mean, I'm involved in a chamber of commerce that we just got started up in Ash Grove. I, I'm a I coach little league basketball. I'm, I'm coaching right now. Well, Pastor Kevin, I got him in on it with me now. We're doing peewee baseball. Amen. And, yeah. Is, is Kevin uh, playing? Uh, no, he's coaching. Oh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But, man, we use, we use, the, we use sports because that's – Honestly, everything is tied around sports in Ash Grove. It's crazy. Like, there's nothing else to do for the kids. And so 
he, it was cool because I was like, you got to come out and help me coach. You'll see this. So we had 19 little ones show up from four to five years old and all of their families. And there wasn't one of their families that go to our church. Here's all these parents and stuff. And so we're using it now, this, this sporting and all this stuff, it's our mission field. It's what's in our area. It's what our town all goes around. And so we've kind of lifted and shifted how we're reaching people. Um, we're involved uh, highly, you know, we, we go and minister to the fire department. We're in our schools. We do feed, we take food over and feed them. Of course, our freeway, they've done a lot of uh, activities. We painted the gym at the school and we, we, you know, we've done community give back things. And so we just work, man, we, we grind it out. And even though it's a small community, I mean, we hand flyers out, we, we just minister there. You know, we got a counseling ministry there um, that people can come and sit down and, and uh, get counseled through the word. Um, <clears throat> we got just a great pastoral staff out of Ash Grove, and um, I love it out there, man. Our communities, it, if you ever want to get away, come to Ash Grove because it, it's amazing there. So. It's a little town. Yep. It's like a. Mayberry. Yeah, I was yep. going to say that. It's Mayberry. Main you. Street. I'm, I'm cool with it, though. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, so a week you go to church, you, you mm -hmm. do, uh, you got peewee baseball, mm -hmm. uh, brother Kevin's the batter. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you're involved with the chamber of commerce now. Yep. And so you're not the same person you used to be. My point is, uh, what a positive impact a radically changed drug addict can make in our yep. community. Yep. Right. And yep. so look what's happening. Who would have thought the guy who was barricaded in methed out of his mind, Losing his family, losing his home. He's now a homeowner. Yeah. Yep. You, you got a family. You're the soccer yep. dad, yep. right? Uh, and so God is using you in, mm -hmm. a, in a mighty way. What personally is God doing in your life right now? Man, personally, I'd say more than anything, this last year um, in my life was helping me to um, endure trials. Um, i I think a lot of times I would run and try to do things in my own wit. I w I'm one of them guys who, from the military, it's got to be done right then and there. And God in my life, more than anything in my ministry, he's taught me patience. He's taught me more this year to slow down. I don't have to give somebody a decision right off the bat. I, I can pray about this. I can take my time. And honestly, it's helped a lot of decisions that I've made versus rushing into something. And so God's kind of given me this peace, um, you know, at home, just being able to manage my time god's given me the time and the energy i mean i do a lot of things and i used to get super tired and wore out and you know i get down like ah, this is draggy but it seems like god's given me more energy to invest in people you know make sure with the men that's a full-time job anyway the church you know there's a lot of ministry that we do there my family that's a big deal you know and then here i am coaching um, i'm on a thing called parents as teachers which i'm on a board for them i'm on another board that's helping make a decision if ash grow is going to go to a four-day school week so what's the decision on that what's your I'm not, I'm not going on i'm not going there <laughs> well you know what i say what's hey, your wife yeah, say my wife well she she Five teaches days. there four days okay four, four days, days. Yep. all right so what's your biggest burden ike my biggest burden still is is that there's still people in our communities that need jesus christ and i think um more than ever I'm burdened for the churches around the, to just not sit stagnant and not wait around for, you know, uh, Christ to come back to be looking like tomorrow's the next day. And, and, you know, it's so easy to get complacent. It's so easy just to get busy in life. And we need to remember more than anything that there's, 
There's the lost out there. There's people that are trapped in addiction. There's kids out there living with fatherless and broken homes that, that just need uh, rescue. They need help and, and they need guidance and they need mentorship and they need somebody to love on them. And they need somebody to take the time to show them all that. You know what I'm saying? Like just, yeah. and, and, and it's never going to let up. And so, um, you know, it takes an army to do something like that. And so I, I just, I hope I'm, I'm burdened that our churches continue to raise up and, and just stay engaged and stay in the trenches and keep working. You know, one of the things that, you know, we are one broken life at a time. Yep. And so, you know, you can't, you know, there's a mystery in it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a guy on the phone and, uh, kind of getting a little bit Bible nerd here. Yeah. But, uh, he was, you know, he, we were talking just about the different camps and, theology and stuff and i said you know i don't sit in a camp all i know is that salvation is a great mystery mm -hmm. that uh many people in prison where i was at read the bible and most of them didn't get saved but i did mm -hmm. you know and god calls us to go he calls us to pray he calls us to evangelize yeah but nothing surprises him and he's going to do yeah. what he's going to do you know and uh and so what do we do we reach we reach people mm -hmm. with the gospel yeah we pray you know, he doesn't suggest mm -hmm. prayer. He commands it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. Yeah. Pray this way. Yeah. And so um, I have I have a burden as well uh, just to raise up leaders and send them out and make a generational impact. Yeah. Our kids' kids. If the Lord doesn't come back yeah. before then, you know. Cycle breaker. Amen. That's Did you ever think that your life could be like it is right now? Oh. Uh. I guess I've always wanted my life, even from from a young adulthood, I always wanted it to be in a place where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, my life isn't based on money. My life isn't based on things. My life is based around people and the gospel. And so, I mean, I find great joy in that. And there is a fulfillment, you know, that, that, that God does give me. And he's replaced that. And, you know, I know that this... In Philippians, he says that uh, for my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And I know that that's Paul speaking there about how a church supplied his needs and took care of him and all that. But I really believe that, like, in so many different ways, God supplies our needs. And and when, he, when we get the gospel needs in us, we quit worrying about the worldly needs. You know what I mean? And so I'm just thankful for that, man. I, I'm I'm so thankful that I don't have to look back over my shoulder all the time. I'm so thankful. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just begging and borrowing. I'm not trying to steal change from people's, uh, you know, ashtrays. I, 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 I'm trying to figure out the next lie, how to get in that. I, I'm just so glad that that's over with. And Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What hurts you the most? <clears throat> Probably the greatest hurt that I have is that. I wasn't there for my son for 10 years of his life. Yeah. A lot of guilt involved in that. Yeah, um, yeah there is. And that, that's something that we talk to our mm -hmm. people about, parenting out of guilt, you know. Yeah. It's hard not to, right? Mm -hmm. I got a two-year-old, and uh, she had a rough start. Yeah. We adopted her, and, and I think about where she came from and yeah. her mom and her biological mother. Her mm -hmm. mom's my wife now, but uh, we she's never, I mean, She's only stayed. She's only stayed two nights away, three nights away, yeah, from us. But one of us not being there in yeah. two over two years, and uh, and it's hard not, you know, not to say okay, you know, yeah. don't enable her, you yeah. know, right? Because you feel bad about the past, you know, where mm -hmm. she came from, and and uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, 
how do you deal with your past loyalties? I uh, explain a little more. So like those friends, and this may not be a prevalent question for you, but a lot of times people that come from our past, uh, say for instance, just I'm going to make us make a scenario up here, mm -hmm. but like uh, someone you ran with in the street, you fought, they fought beside you, you mm -hmm. watched each other's back, they bonded you out of jail, they was your homie. Mm -hmm. And now you're saved and you're sober, yeah. and that person's still that person, and you're yeah. on you're at a gas station and they come rolling up and they want you to take a ride with them. Yeah. You know we're homies. We come. You know yeah. we got you owe me. Yeah. You know. Well, do you ever deal with that? No, I, I mean, and, and that was more. I wasn't really. I was a really bad isolated uh, addict. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like I wasn't. It was more because I, I, I had money to get it, so I, it wasn't like I was—I I wasn't the guy trying to sell it. I more had the addiction. I wasn't trying to hustle it, and yeah. I, it was just I wanted it. I wasn't going to share it. Right, it was all mine, and uh, so I didn't really run into that issue as much. What's crazy is I grew up over here on the north side of Springfield, and I went to uh, Hillcrest. And what's what's insane is you come into a freeway service here in Springfield and all the people that used to gang bang, all the people that used to hustle drugs, all the people that you grew up going with to the parties, all the people that you thought would never make it and were counted out and were just the bad kids. Like they're all got the gospel and they're, they're on security. They're, they're working the altars. You, you walk in and it's like, Hey, ho, you know, and, and it's just amazing to see what God's doing with the people over here, like just getting sold out and getting saved and turn their life over and, I mean, some of them you've had on your, your podcast already and shared, and, you know, people thought they were some of the worst guys in Springfield. Now they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the guy that, that shared, you know, I told you my old boss, uh, Bert, man, I mean, even his faithfulness, I mean, he's hiring, he's still hiring guys who come through freeway you know was it Bert Robinson yeah and yeah. his ministry I I'm mean and his family there. and and I mean just even having all the freeway guys and this is what's crazy I ran into Bert after I got my life cleaned up and I'm at Walmart and I seen Bert and I'm like oh he's gonna beat me down yeah. I mean Bert's not no punk you know what I'm saying yeah. like he's a pretty stocky guy and but I walked up to him, man, and I couldn't hold the tears back. I'm at Super Walmart over here on the north side, and there he is. always Super Walmart. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, Shameless plug to Super but Walmart. But, man, he, uh, he literally just embraced me. He's like, I don't care about that paint rig that you, you never paid back. I don't care about none of that stuff. He goes, what I care about is that you've got your life changed. And he said, I, I, he goes, I always worried about you, and he goes, I'm just glad that you're okay. And, you know, he gave me a hug right there in Walmart, and his boy was with him, and never, he didn't hold it against me. He didn't knock me down and say, man, you stole this from me. You owe me all this money. In fact, I wanted to give him some money that day, and he says, I ain't taking your money. I just wanted you to get clean. So. He's a good man. Yeah. And I ain't saying that because we're on air, but yep. his wife leads worship for us, and that's yeah. a whole other story. And she was just here. We just ran yeah, into her. So Crazy. That's crazy how that happened. So. We know what your church involvement is like, brother. You're a pastor. You're, um, you know, God's using you there. People look up to you. And and so um, are you happy, man? I am happy. I'm Amen. so thankful, man. Um, I couldn't ask. I, I would never want to go back and change anything else about it. All that stuff that, that, you know, losing everything, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because until I lost everything, I could have never found and gained what I got. You know Amen. what I'm saying? And so 
uh, being really lost and re really knowing it is the best place you can possibly be because that's whenever you got to look up to the Savior, and that's the only way you can get saved is when you see yourself broken and, and you can't do it no more. And, and there's no there's no way else to do it. And uh, when you get that way, you can get saved and truly get saved. And I, I, I tell you, man, that was the best thing that ever happened in my life. I don't look back. You know, I, I don't look back and have any regrets now. You're and, saved and you know it? Oh, yeah. Amen. You know I, tell, I tell folks, man, sometimes the problem is people get over their salvation. Yeah. yeah. They get over it. No. They forget what God did, man. Mm -mm. You know, and so uh, I hope you never forget. Yeah. Yep. I love getting around men of God like you and several other people. And, I, you know, just getting a fresh wind sometimes, hearing other stories, coming back into the places where your roots are and seeing God at work is some of the greatest way to testify and minister to your own heart. So so where can people connect with you? Maybe there's somebody listening that wants to have you come preach at their church okay. or maybe somebody wants to come hear you preach or be yeah. a part of the ministry you're a part of. So where can they find you at? And they can go on uh, First Baptist Ash Grove. And uh, on our webpage there, our website, you can um, get our phone number, call and ask for Ike Porter. And I'd be glad to come share my story, share the gospel there, encourage anybody. And, and uh, you know, that's what we do. And so... Uh, Ashgrove, Missouri. Ashgrove, Missouri. Yes, sir. Yeah, you'll come, yep. you'll come preach for him. And, Amen. And he's preached here before. He's done a great job. And so uh, just try to help yep. get you out there Amen. a little bit. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. And so if you're listening today and, and maybe you don't have hope and maybe you're... Mm -hmm battling with addiction and uh i mean we've both been at the bottom i was a yeah. creature of the night as well and uh i didn't have a car mm -hmm. to live in i i didn't have a home to live in i i get i traded it all. i couldn't even have a cell phone for a week yeah. i traded for dope yeah. i mean that's how bad i was and uh and so but today god's redeemed us yeah. and god can redeem you too if you'll cry out to the lord mm -hmm. jesus christ and ask him to save you right now mm -hmm. you believe in your heart jesus died for your sins and God in the flesh, he rose again from the grave. And yeah, that's you right. repent and trust in him Amen. and cry out to him right now. He'll mm -hmm. save you. And, and you can follow up with us, and we'd love to yeah. get you plugged in, get you discipled, be able to mm -hmm. sit down with the Bible and show you what the Word says. And and I'm proud of God. Hey, I'm proud of I'm proud of God, too. Man. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Well, we, we, we're so glad you joined us. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, One Broken Life is a production of Freeway Ministries. Mm -hmm. you, can, uh, you can share it with your friends um if you want to support us as we continue to to reach one broken life at a time you can go to our freeway-ministries.com and you you can be a you can give a donation that way and uh join us uh we'd love to have you come visit us at freeway uh freeway any of our locations um mm -hmm. and so we'll see you guys next time thanks for joining us thanks Ike. yeah thanks for letting inviting me in here i had a, I had a blast with you today john amen so. y'all take care now all right